Let's Get Radical Live is brought to you by AICPA Engage. AICPA Engage is the premier event for accounting and finance professionals in the U.S., bringing together experts across the practice and topic areas of tax, finance, and estate planning, advanced accounting and auditing, practice management, technology firm management, and marketing. Find out more at AICPAengage.com. Welcome to the business show that will change the way you look at your business practice, your organization, and yourself. This is Let's Get Radical with Jody Padar. On today's show, you'll get the straight scoop on what it means to be radical and how it can help you become the next success story. Now, here's your host, Jody Padar. Welcome back. I'm Jody Paynar, the Radical CPA, and you are listening to Let's Get Radical live at the AICPA Engage event at um, the MGM in Las Vegas. And it is, um, it's awesome here, right? So there's almost 4,000 attendees, which is kind of crazy. There is a beautiful lazy river in the pool, um, <laughs> which I have not been to just quite yet this year. And there are over 360 different CPE sessions that you can attend. And um, our next guest, Bernie, is actually um, part of a different type of employee at a firm, right? So he is actually not a CPA, but Correct. he is the COO of a firm. So Bernie, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what your role is at a firm. Sure. Well, thanks for having me here. I'm Bernie Leitz. I'm the COO at Topal Foreman, which is a CPA firm in the Chicago area, or downtown Chicago, and then we also have offices in Denver as well. And we're just under 100 people, and it's a new role for me. I joined the firm in January, and they decided at that point that they needed and wanted to have somebody come in and really help the partners run the practice. So my role is to help oversee all the key functional areas of the firm with the managing partner, uh, including finance, administration, facilities, marketing, IT, and human resources. So I do a little bit of everything in the firm, and my role is really to work day-to-day with uh, the managing partner and the rest of the partners to run the firm. That sounds like a big job. Uh, it can be, <laughs> but it's a, re- it's a rewarding job as well. So is this a new role for a firm to have a COO? Or what, how has that evolved from, like, I know there's some firm administrators or COOs. What, kind of tell us about how this role works within a firm. Sure. So there's different levels of people who are firm managers at different firms. A lot of it is, is dictated by uh, the size of the firm and, you know, how progressive the leadership is. So... I think what you find is uh, the firms that realize that the partners, uh, the best way for them to grow the firm is to bring in somebody to help them run the day-to-day operations, will have somebody in that role could be a firm administrator, a firm manager. Um, As firms get larger, that title looks like director of operations or chief operating officer or chief administrative officer. So it really uh, works differently. Each firm is unique. And so I think it's kind of up to them to define how they want it to work. Now, Engage this year has um, combined with an organization that I think you are part of or know of. Can you tell us a little bit about that organization and, and what kind of classes they offer for people like you? Sure. So people I, like you, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I've been a member of the CPA FMA since 2005, since I joined the industry. And it's really a great resource for people that run accounting firms. So there are people with different backgrounds. I came from advertising and marketing, so when I started in the industry, 
I really knew nothing about public accounting other than the dynamics of running a professional services firm are pretty common in different industries. Um, so this, this organization allowed me to connect with people, you know, locally and regionally in Illinois, as well as on a national level. And we collaborate and support each other and come up with ideas and figure out ways to work in our organizations. And then there's uh, local chapters that have meetings and then a national conference every year where people get together and share best practices. So um, it's great when that organization and engage when it's all together because we can really branch out and, and um, get the benefits of seeing the practitioners and seeing different areas that we are involved in on a day-to-day basis anyway. Yeah, I think that's one of the best parts about Engage is that it fits so many people at whatever level they are or whatever role they play in a firm, and it brings everybody together in one spot, whether it be marketing, COOs, partners, tax, audit, everything. That's one of the cool things about Engage. So, you know, you work in a large partner group. What's it like to manage difficult CPA firm partners? Um, It can be... Very challenging, certainly. As firms evolve, they go from a, a, a governance structure of you know, partners doing everything to partners giving up more control. And it can be a challenge if people want to be involved in every decision. And certainly, not everybody agrees on ways to run the firms or thing to do. So it, it comes down to the leadership and having a, you know, a strong leadership group, either a managing partner or an executive committee that says, you know, this is the direction for the firm. This is what we're going to do. And then empowering somebody like me to make the day-to-day operating decisions that support that structure. So it certainly can be a challenge. um, And ultimately, you want people to be on the same page. And if you have that structure and empowerment from the leadership group, it makes that a lot easier. Yeah. So I know like you've had um, multiple uh, similar roles at different firms. Um, what are some lessons that you've learned along the way that you wish you would have known before? Um, I think the dynamics of a lot of firms are pretty similar. Um, so this is the third firm that I've been with. So I think a lot of the issues that I feel like we were dealing with as an industry in 2005, 2006, as I was learning about the business and what we're dealing with today are very similar. Um, We're trying to compete for the best talent. We're trying to develop people. I think what's really changed and maybe what we didn't see coming was how much flexibility people really want and need. And as a profession, we're, we're struggling to adapt to that. And I think that the more progressive people can be about thinking about what work needs to be done and, and the results that we need to manage, um, I think the more apt your firm will be to accommodate people and move forward and, and find a structure. So um, I also think that um, you know, CPAs are, are very similar to you know, professionals in other businesses, but they tend to be fairly risk averse. So if you have an idea that's unconventional, um, they may not be the first to jump in, but after they do their research and find out a little bit more about it and you get some buy-in, then they will support you. So I don't think I realized how risk averse um, sometimes people can be. And they're concerned about, you know, well, what are other firms doing and how do we fit in? And, you know, are we going to be the same? And I think what you need to focus on is 
how can you really offer value to your people and to your customers that you're trying to serve? Absolutely. Um, and what about, like, there's some buzz in the profession, and I mean, it's been going on for a while, about value pricing. So you're kind of an expert in it. So kind of tell us about your journey when you used to do it at your old firm, as well as now maybe how you would implement it in a firm today. Sure. So back in 2011, um, I was with a firm in Chicago called CDH, and we implemented value pricing throughout the whole firm. And they're still a value pricing firm today. And um, I think the, the best thing about pricing, and I, you know, I alluded to this in my last comment, is what is best for your customer? And ultimately, how do your, how do your people adapt to that? So you know, customers like to be, they, they like to know in advance what services they're buying, how you're adding value, what it's going to cost them, how they're going to work with you. And so in a lot of cases, we structure projects like audits or other things with a fixed fee engagement and a scope. And then, you know, we operate really with a price in mind, but we don't call that value pricing. And so I think the mindset from this is how we work already to really adopting a model where the most important thing is the value delivered to the customer and what their expectations are and how you might work with them the operating model inside the firm, I think, is what people see as as the problem. So I think, you know, we've been having some conversations in our firm about, you know, is this um, is this something that we're ready for and, and how do we take the next steps? And I think, again, understanding that having those conversations with your customers and really being an advisor is what they're looking for. And if you can figure out a way to operate so that it benefits them and makes things easier for you, then everybody wins. So I think starting with sitting down with your clients and looking at the relationship and looking what services you offer and having a conversation with them about what value are we really delivering and what is that worth to you, I think that's the first step. Uh, The operating part of it um, tends to come along with that. It's, you know, you, you have agreements and you know, some firms use timesheets and the firms that are really progressive, you know, bill without time and just operate based on projects and change orders and lots of communication with the client. And ultimately, I think that's the goal if, if you're trying to do it because um, you really have, you're not focused on your internal inputs, you're focused on really what's important to the client. So I think doing it today, you know, you really start at the same place, which is having that conversation with your client. And I think the culture of the profession is a little bit ready, right? It, it seems more ready than it was when you took the leap with CDH. No question. I, you know, it's been eight years since we did that. And in many of the sessions that I've been attending today, you hear people talking about alternative fee arrangements or fixed fee arrangements or, you know, other ways of operating and it's become more commonplace and I think more people are interested in it. I just think, again, that risk-averse personality um, leads some firms away from trying it out themselves. Yeah. So um, I'm going to ask you my question that I ask everyone at kind of the end is, what did you do in Vegas last night? Well, I, I was out pretty late. I sent my wife a text this morning about 6.30, and she asked if I was just getting back. <laughs> and I told her that, uh, yes, I had worked my way back, and I was only down $26,000. So uh, so it was a long <laughs> night. <laughs> no, I, I actually was out um, 
with a partner from our firm uh, watching the NBA Finals last night, which was a pretty exciting game. So, oh, uh, awesome. So uh, that's, <laughs> that's what I was out doing. I'm not much of a gambler, but uh, so meeting up with a few people that I know from the industry and connecting with them and then out watching the game. So oh, we had a lot of fun. That sounds awesome. And is there anything you're looking forward to the rest of the week uh, other than this podcast? <laughs> Well, now that this is over, you know, the rest of it is kind of uh, going to be a big disappointment. But no, I think there's, there's a couple sessions. Um, the session I'm doing this afternoon, actually, with, with Botkeeper, who I know is one of your sponsors, and I had a chance to meet them when they were in Chicago talking about automation and how do you do that in your client accounting service practice. And, you know, we have a number of areas in our firm where I really think we could leverage that. So I'm excited to learn more about that. Um, I know there's a great event tonight, and then there's some interesting sessions that I'm registered for tomorrow. So Awesome. Well, thank you for uh, being a guest on Let's Get Radical. And um, stay tuned because we have lots more interviews live from Las Vegas. Bringing you around the world right from your desktop. VoiceAmerica.com Intuit's mission is to power prosperity around the world. Our global products and platforms are designed to empower consumers, self-employed, small businesses, and tax and accounting professionals to improve their financial lives, finding them more money with the least amount of work, while giving them complete confidence in their actions and decisions. Intuit is proud to be a part of the AICPA Engage 2019 event. You can see us live at the event at Booth 329. That's Booth 329. Visit us on the web today at Intuit.com. Accounting professionals all have one thing in common. We cut our teeth doing the manual bits of bookkeeping, so we all know how much it sucks. But not anymore. BotKeeper brings bookkeeping into the future with its combination of skilled accountants, machine learning, and artificial intelligence. When you start BotKeeping, you say goodbye to costly and error-prone manual accounting. Your bot extracts data from receipts, processes payroll, pays bills, sends invoices, reconciles accounts, and so much more. On top of all that, you're backed by a team of senior accountants who handle critical thinking, complex accounting, and help you draw out meaningful insights from your business data. BotKeeper works hand-in-hand with your existing team, or it can cut costs and serve as your entire accounting department. You get to decide. Learn more about bookkeeping with BotKeeper at BotKeeper.com. Better than humans, better than machines. Automated bookkeeping with a human touch. BotKeeper.com. <laughs> 